The OAM Network is an independently run podcast and live production company in Memphis, Tennessee. TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. What makes us take up causes others think are impossible? What draws others to the cause, bonds us together, and gives us an inexhaustible energy and an unwavering belief that we'll succeed? I'll draw on my own experiences and talk to fellow champions about the successes, setbacks, and team dynamics that move causes forward. I'm Marvin Stockwell, and welcome to Champions of the Lost Causes podcast. Thanks for tuning in to episode one, where I talk to Ginger Spickler. Ginger led the effort to pursue the XQ Super School grant, which asked people to reinvent high school. Um, that cadre of parents that Ginger pulled together ultimately put together the plan that became Crosstown High uh, here in Crosstown Concourse, where this podcast is taped. My own daughter, Genevieve, goes to that high school. And so now I'm uh, a Crosstown High dad. And uh, I've been really impressed. And one thing that Ginger said to me that has resonated with me is, don't shut the door in your own face. Ginger asks what if and why not questions, and we're all glad that she did, because now my daughter has an awesome high school to go to. So, Ginger, thanks for joining me for the first episode of uh, Champions of the Lost Causes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. honored to be here. So, uh, just at the outset, um, describe uh, what Crosstown High is. Sure. Um, Crosstown High right now is a um, charter high school. We just finished our first year with about 145 ninth graders. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a project-based learning high school. We are set in a really unique environment here inside of Crosstown Concourse, where we happen to be recording as well. That's right. Um but yeah, so we get to take advantage of a lot of the things that are happening in this building, but also yeah. in our community. Because as a project-based learning high school, we're trying to anchor everything that students are doing and learning every day in real-world scenarios so that they never have to ask, when am I ever going to use this? <laughs> right, right. So I should point out, my daughter Genevieve goes to Crosstown High, and I used to work in this building. So just as a quick uh, for backgrounder for those listening... Crosstown Concourse is a vertical urban village founded on ed- or concert- focused on healthcare, education, and the arts. It's a it's a rehabbed uh, Sears warehouse building. It's a one point one square uh, one point one million square feet, uh, and there it's a conglomeration really of nonprofits, arts groups. Uh, so it's this interesting, wonderful mix. Talk a little bit about how a place-based learning high school can benefit from that type of kind of like a cauldron of different Mm -hmm. uses. I mean, I've been saying this a lot recently that I feel like we're just starting to scratch the surface of really Mm -hmm. taking advantage of all that Crosstown Concourse has to offer as a location for our school. Um, But a few of the ways that we have done that this year is – we so there's a YMCA in the building. Mm-hmm. All of our students had got to have a YMCA pass and awesome. use that whenever they wanted to. Um, Crosstown Arts is in the building, and so we were able to partner with them on a number of occasions for um, you know going down to the art galleries for artist talk. We mm-hmm. they have a Crosstown they have a artist residency program um, in the second semester of. Um, the school year, we had two Crosstown Arts residents who taught classes for our students. So one in social gaming uh-huh. um, and another in um, sketch comedy writing. So oh, cool. imagine a high school class where you're learning to write sketch comedy. Wow. Um, but we got to do that because we had these this connection with the Crosstown Arts residents. Probably nothing we'll ever be able to offer again unless she comes back. But um, just a really unique opportunity. And then, I mean, we're sitting in a great example of, a, you know, we're in the OAM podcast network. We have yeah. a student who's getting ready to start an internship here with Oh, Gil. cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are just a few examples. We have, there's the Church Health Kitchen down the hall where we have mm-hmm. culinary classes, uh, the Creative Movement Studio upstairs mm-hmm. where we have dance classes. Um, 
But again, that is just scratching the surface. We plan over the coming years to partner with organizations throughout the building and professionals throughout the building um, to right. really help our students figure out what what kind of jobs there are and what kind of jobs they might be interested in. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's, we're just at the beginning of that. I know that's one of the things that appealed to me as a parent, mm-hmm. uh, is just, I thought, I thought to myself, you know, uh, something like a high school that's trying to quote unquote reinvent high school. I thought that is amazing. Why wasn't that high school available when I was looking to go we to high school? Lot, yeah. I, I was stuck going to, to CBHS, but, um, uh, whether there, it was an all boys school, which I thought was terrible, <laughs> but at any rate, um, so I loved the idea of Crosstown High, and I knew the setting would be important uh, or, or certainly advantageous. Um, can you talk a, a bit about like, so this isn't just a high school. It's not just, a you know, we, we place-based learning has become like a buzzword and like there are other schools that can claim to be place-based learning. But the the grant that that you applied for, which is how this kind of effort, these these champions of this lost cause or, or this or this effort that was out there for the seizing came together. The charge was to rethink high school. Why, why was that the charge? Um, so the um, the charge came from an organization called the XQ Super School yeah. Foundation. Um, they are an organization um, that's a they're, they're an a effort of the Emerson Collective, which is a, a foundation sponsored by mm-hmm. Laureen Powell Jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, the XQ challenge was to do just that. Imagine that um, high school, there, there was no such thing as high school, but you had to design an educational experience yeah. for teenagers from the ground up. What would that look like? Hence the, the rethink high school. And I think the reason mm-hmm. that they came to that was that, you know, the folks behind XQ um, was that they realized that high school had become kind of this just dying ground almost yeah. for kids' educations. If you look at statistics um, for um, student engagement mm-hmm. throughout you know, their elementary and secondary education, if you um, Gallup does a poll, a student engagement poll every year, and mm-hmm. if you survey, um, I believe it's like fifth graders, you find that about three quarters of those students report being engaged in their education. Mm-hmm. By the time they get to eighth or to tenth grade, their sophomore year in high school, it's less than a third of students yeah. who are reporting being engaged in high school. Um, there's there was like another third who were saying that they were actively disengaged, which means they were they were actively trying to undermine the education of those yeah. around them. And so if you think yeah. about that, it's just it's a really telling stat because a student who does not feel engaged in their education Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. not doing the kind of learning that we want them to, or that frankly they need for their future. Um, And so, you know, while our, our country has been through lots of rounds, I would say of Mm -hmm. of education reform um, it seems like at the high school level in particular, it is really not working and that something yeah. needed to be rethought. And I think the other reason behind that is that, um, you know, the jobs that our kids will be doing not that long from now look very different mm-hmm. from the jobs that, um, you know, our teachers in high yeah. school were trying to prepare us for sure. when I don't know about you, but when I graduated <clears throat> from high school, I had never heard of the internet. Like that was not a thing. Me neither. Um, yeah. And it was my freshman year at, at Rhodes here in Memphis, actually, that, um, you know, I was introduced to the internet and like, you think about that now and how that has changed mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. and in particular changed the work that we do. Yeah. Um, and I think we can't even begin to imagine what, the jobs our kids, our grandkids, we're going to say, are yeah. going to look like. Um, and so high, education has to look very different in order to prepare kids for jobs that we don't understand yet. Yeah. We don't know. I think it was built on the assumption, the, the old model of high school, about how, like, we've got to teach you actual stuff because you're going to need to take that information. Right. But but the, the the modern high school, I mean, I think we should start to 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 retrofit that. And and, and I, I would argue that's what Crosstown High is starting to do because it assumes that we can go find out anything. So the, the, so the key, like, skill set or, or, or um, uh, 
yeah, skill set is, is that, that people need to learn is is what they're passionate about learning yes. about. Uh, it's very empowering. And in, in a way, you can you can argue that the whole Montessori uh, philosophy is somewhat the same mm-hmm. thing somewhat. because it teaches them that what you want to learn, you're in charge of mm-hmm. to a degree, mm-hmm. right? So um, talk a bit about like how that thinking goes into how um, Crosstown High is is uh is is situated but also the 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 curriculum how do you train them to be passionate about what they want to learn and then and then creative about how they want to learn it and how does that better prepare them for those jobs in the future yeah and i think the caveat i will give for anything i say is that we are very much a work in progress and so sure. the things that we did our first year are going to look different our second year and probably very mm-hmm. different five mm-hmm. years from now mm-hmm. um, but I think where we've started is that we are trying there at least some students come in already knowing what their passion is honestly it's not a lot of them but there are yeah. a few who come in they are super passionate about music production or art or um, you know, fashion design or something, you know, mm-hmm, they, like they sure. have some really solid ideas of what they want to do. Your average ninth grader, on the other hand, doesn't know what they are passionate about. And right. that's totally normal. Um, and so what we're trying to do is, in addition to all the things that the you know state of Tennessee says that we have to teach and our students mm-hmm. need to learn in order mm-hmm. to graduate with a, a diploma from the state of Tennessee, um, we're trying to give kids a chance to try new things. So whether that is, you know, music production for somebody who has never tried that, but thinks that that sounds cool or, um, graphic design or, um, virtual reality, Mm -hmm. software Mm -hmm. development, you know, programming. Um, there's a lot of this stuff, honestly, that I can't even talk very knowledgeably about because it's beyond me already, but the kids are fine with it. Um, but so we're trying to create these hooks for kids that Mm -hmm. is something that they're interested in. But the key, because I think a lot of high schools do that, and they'll say, okay, you're going to go take your um, music production class and enjoy that for those 52 minutes, and then you're going to get back to the real work. You're going to go, mm-hmm. and you're going to learn math, and you're going to write essays, and you're going you're gonna to do the things that, honestly, you and I were doing in high school mm-hmm. some years ago. Uh, we won't say how many. Yeah. Um, but what we're trying to do through our project-based learning is say, no, take your music production skills and Mm -hmm. use those in a project. So if you are a student who is, um, you know, writing really incredible spoken word Mm -hmm. pieces and producing those, um, you know, use that in your humanities project. You are, you know, you're studying immigration and the refugee crisis in your humanities class. um, And instead of taking a test where you regurgitate the, you know, the definitions on a multiple choice test that you've learned, write something, write something powerful and meaningful that is, um, you know, again, not only demonstrating Mm -hmm. what you've learned in your humanities class, but is flexing your, these skills that you're developing in, in, you know, we were calling them, we called them our explore classes. Um, because mm-hmm. we do want kids to explore things mm-hmm. um, and then not just silo those skills, not just, you know, say that's your, that's the icing, mm-hmm. you know, now, you know, come eat your broccoli. Yeah. Um, we want the whole thing to feel like um, something cloth. enjoyable. Yeah. Connected. That they are, yeah. that they're getting a chance to be engaged. So back to that idea yeah. of student engagement, like how can we, um, really keep kids engaged and we're not doing it perfectly. Like I'm not going to tell you that you could come in anytime mm-hmm. and 100% of our kids are, sure. are totally into what sure. we're doing. Um, but that's the philosophy mm-hmm. that we're working mm-hmm. off of. Is the hard problem here that uh, there are these have to do's that are, that are on your plate. And, and, and it's like, because obviously if you could reinvent high school and if it were easy mm-hmm. to do, somebody would have already done it. Right. <laughs> so like, Part of what's 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 and we'll we'll get into the kind of team dynamics and what would have you focus on this and take an attempt at this. But this is this is something that's a daunting thing to take a swing at, like reinvent high school. High school's broken. Well, bro- well, high school has stayed the same way because people have said there are certain core competencies that that kids should have. That they filter up to these set of m- metrics and, and 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 qualifications that you have to do. Isn't that the challenge? It's just like. 
the plate is already full with half to do's, but yet we've got all these wonderful side dishes mm-hmm. of that 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 are harder to do. They take more effort to employ, but they're the things that actually uh, make people excited about learning because it's applied. Is the challenge? It seems like to me the challenge is it's hard to carve out space uh, that that's currently being occupied by the gotta do's to do the really awesome. Yes and no. Um, Yes, there is some of that because, um, you know, kids have to have four math classes. And I'm going to pick on math because, you know, I was I was not a math lover in high school. Um, but kids in, graduate from uh, high school in Tennessee mm-hmm. and get a diploma. You've got to have four math classes, one every year. Um, one of those is Algebra 2. There are a there's a lot of research that shows that a lot of kids who don't graduate high school don't graduate because of algebra two, that they and can't pass the algebra two class. Um, there's also some pretty compelling evidence that shows that algebra two is used by a couple of professions. Uh, if you're going to be an actuary or say an algebra two teacher. Um, <laughs> and so, and yet yeah. we are saying to kids like, no, you really can't, we can't give you a high school diploma because mm-hmm. you can't pass algebra two. So when I say yes and no, like, yeah, like if we could change some of the requirements that mm-hmm. right now are, are the, those gatekeepers to high school diploma, mm-hmm. um, it would certainly make a lot of what we're doing easier. But the mm-hmm. other, on the other hand, yeah. I think in a lot of ways, the thing that holds us back from rethinking high school or honestly rethinking just about anything is, I mean, this is dumb. Inertia. Like how we've yeah. always done it. Yeah, exactly. Inertia. And and just saying, you know, like I grew up, I went to high school. I know what high school looks like. A math class looks like this. A Spanish class looks like this. And so that's what we're going to recreate. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, these these reports say what they, they're not satisfied. They're disengaged. Right. Something must change. But there are a lot of people who would who who just say, well, but that's what we've got to do because that's you know that's that's what school is, and I mm-hmm. think the, what the you know the XQ challenge mm-hmm. gave us the just kind of the license to do was to say, forget that. Like, what do kids really need to know? Um, and mm-hmm. and or <laughs> more importantly, what do they know need to know how to do? Um, and that was where. And we, you know, we haven't really gotten into this yet, but like the invitation mm-hmm. was so important. Um, and not everybody who like goes and tries something new gets like an invitation, like like we did in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that invitation to to rethink something and to mm-hmm. say, you know, like don't worry about what we've always done. Just try. What What do you think? Right. Um, was really empowering and wow. really yeah. freeing in a lot of ways. So. I think we've established that that the Crosstown High is taking a swing at something that um, if we can deliver on it, mm-hmm. uh, will be amazing. And it's already bearing fruit in my daughter's life. So I, I, I experience it. I see it. Uh, and it has been an, an amazing year of maturation uh, for Genevieve. Uh, and she was definitely one of those kids who did not get, go in knowing what she wanted to do. It's been it, it's it's. We, we have to take time to explore, right, and to learn what we're, what we are passionate about. But if we've established it's something really worth taking a swing at because it's because high school's broken and we want to reimagine high school, I want to now ask what was um, what makes what made you pick this challenge up off the floor uh, and say, this is something I want to um this is something I want to take an, uh, take a swing at. And I, you and I t- talked previously and we, we were talking about how at the time it doesn't really feel like you're, you're taking on a massive project. It just feels like you're taking one step. Mm-hmm. But, but what was your first inkling of, uh, of like, Oh wow, this is maybe something we should do. Yeah. And then, and then talk to kind of b- break it down to me about how, like, how did you start to find those cast of characters? How did you flesh out your team of, 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 of champions mm-hmm. to, to say, by golly, we're going to do this. And like, where do those people come from? And what was that process like? That was a lot of questions. Okay. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to back up to the why though. Okay. Why, you know, when I, I saw this billboard for the XQ super school challenge, mm-hmm. you know, driving down I 55 between Memphis and, and new Orleans, like happened to look up and see it. If I hadn't seen that billboard, um, we would almost certainly not be having this 
conversation and your kid might not be going to high school upstairs. So like, there's that, there's a chance factor. Right. Um, but I did. And I, you know, I looked up the, the XQ super school challenge and the rethink high school and, you know, found this invitation. Mm -hmm. And the reason that appealed to me, um, is kind of twofold. One, I'm a parent and I have two kids who love to learn by a lot of you know, there's a lot of evidence that shows that they really, in many cases, enjoy mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. and yet really didn't like school that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not school haters necessarily, but it was clearly not a place where they were feeling mm-hmm. inspired, you know, as compared to some other like certain camps and like these these environments where I saw a love of learning flourishing in them. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's, that's weird. Why school should be like that. Like mm-hmm. how could, why isn't school like that? Um, but then it's even a little bit more personal than that. Um, because I was a person who, um, majored in business in college because I, I would always have a job if I majored in business, mm-hmm. that turns out to be a really terrible reason to go study something mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I went into a job, a great in quotes job right after college graduation um, mm-hmm. at an investment bank, which, you know, I was probably making more money when I left that job than I'll ever make again in education. <laughs> but I was absolutely miserable. I was not mm-hmm. doing work that was meaningful to me. Um, and I had gone through college, you know, at a great school that I loved, um, but gotten an education for a job that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I and thinking back, like, I guess I had taken some of those tests that say, you know, like what you should be when you grow up and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of being able to explore what really lit my fire and made me excited to to do work because mm-hmm. ultimately work is work, right? It's not necessarily like most of us would rather hang out with our friends or hang out with our family than do work, but you got to do work, but there is work that is exciting and that is um, inspiring. And that, mm-hmm. you know, once you get going at it, it's hard to stop because you really enjoy it. Um, and, you know, that first job I had was not that, Wasn't it? but I had, found along the way other work that was closer to that. And I just felt like we owe it to kids to do that better in school. And really before they get to college, because college is a very expensive, not just, you know, financially and Mm -hmm. time-wise, it's a a huge investment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we can help kids before they get to college, you know, figure out what it is they really want to learn yeah. and what's going to light their fire. Um, I think we'll really be doing kids a service. So like it was, it was about my own kids and creating something better for them, but it was also just this very personal, I don't want to have what happened to me happen to, to other kids. Yeah. So that was the, that was, that was the why, the why I think, um, what'd you do next? Or like, the, like, the, cause I'm, you're going to need some help. You, yeah. Ginger couldn't do this all yeah. herself. So, Where did those other you know, people come from? Saw that website, the XQ um, website, read the invitation. It was a design challenge to design mm-hmm. the high school of the future. They were um, putting up five $10 million prizes for winners, which I certainly never thought we had a chance at. But you can, I thought, sure. you know, we can get some people to come along on a, on a ride. That, that doesn't um, hurt for motivation. Yeah, exactly. Right? Where there's that. <laughs> and it, may, it actually makes a good uh, subject line for your, your invitation mm-hmm. in your email. Um, but so, yeah, you're exactly right. Help they us got, win 10 million bucks. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was probably in that first email. Um, but I did. I, it was yeah. literally an email that I sent to about, I, I went back and looked at it not long ago, to about 20 people. You were one of those people mm-hmm. that yep. said, yep. you know, I know that you are people, just based on conversations that I'd been having with folks, who are frankly kind of uninspired by high school choices for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you're as uninspired and concerned as I think you are, like, here's an invitation to do something about it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, looking back over that list of who got that initially, it's not that many people from that initial invitation that, mm-hmm. that joined, you were one of them, mm-hmm. but, and there were a mm-hmm. few others. Um, but most of those people didn't respond to that. Um, 
But the funny thing was that by the time we had our first organizational meeting to like get this ball rolling about a week later, there were, I think when we had that meeting, there were probably 20 people in the room and most of them had, it had come through like somebody else emailing it to them and saying, Mm -hmm. I think you might be interested Mm -hmm. in this. Or, I mean, I was having conversations on soccer fields, you know, between game, my kids games and just like, Hey, you might be interested in this. Um, and just, you know, pulling together, a, as you say, a cast of characters of people mm-hmm. with a lot of different interesting skill sets um, who were willing to invest some time to create something that we don't have here. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it was nothing magical. It was just asking people, you know, and even like the the folks here at Crosstown who, you know, had to basically sign off on us using Crosstown Concourse as a, a palette for our mm-hmm. rethought high school, um, you know, just reaching out to them and saying, yeah. Hey, could, could we do this? And them saying, yes, is crazy. Like why they didn't know me from Adam. Yeah. Um, but some of the best advice that my dad ever gave me was don't shut the door in your own face. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, what he meant by that was just, you know, don't let somebody else shut you down. Like if, 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 even if it's crazy, try it. Like that you might get a chance. Sure. Um, and we did, you know, in hindsight, um, I, now when you look at it, you think, well, of course, like Crosstown high and the theme of it just fit the building, Mm -hmm. uh, ethos so well, if anything, like you just came in and and solved a a major problem, not a problem, but like, I believe the the idea was always that there'd be a school in Crosstown Concourse. So you just piped up and said, we'd like to work really hard as a group of volunteers to figure out the high school of your dreams. And Oh, by the way, we're, 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 we're going after 10 million bucks to bring to the table. Yeah. You know, in, 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 when you look at it that way, like, why wouldn't they have said yes? You yeah. know, honestly. Yeah. But we, we have the benefit of hindsight. Sure. Now it, it all happened. Um, Talk to Not me about the 10 million part. No, 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 no that's right. No, the, the, the 10 million. I no, I, I was, I got somehow got rolled up into that crazy kind of like secondary announcement. Uh, when, 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 when Crosstown High received the two and a half million. That's right. So, uh, and then, and then probably the, the additionally important thing is like that was the mechanism by which the high school got included in the national learning cohort, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably been, I mean, I say this a lot the money is, great you know we and we xq has been incredibly generous to us and like we have gotten some awards on top of the original two and a half million dollars um so we are incredibly fortunate Mm -hmm. and there are definitely things Mm -hmm. that we are able to do that we could not do without without that money and i'm you know don't take that lightly because i know the state of a lot of our schools locally who you know could do some amazing things if they had Mm -hmm. more financial resources Mm -hmm. so i don't belittle the money but yeah, the being a part of this cohort, nat, this national cohort of 18 other, they call us super schools. I, I hesitate to say that because it feels a little weird to call us a super school, mm-hmm. but it's their term, not mine, um, has been the best part of the XQ adventure. Because when you are doing something crazy, like rethinking high school, and especially, I think, when you're doing it as like the only one in a community who is trying to do something really different and people look at you like that's sure. not how you do that. You know, it it's really helpful to have other people yeah. alongside who are also trying really hard and um, different things. I bet who, that's reassuring. Yeah. Well, it's reassuring and it's just, I mean, we learn a yeah. lot from each other. Like we, you yeah. know, we, it's, there's, you know, we're, we definitely don't all have the same school model. Um, there's There was nothing that XQ said, you have to do this in order to be a super school. But, you know, they charged us with, um, you know, going into our community, figuring mm-hmm. out what you, what kids really needed and mm-hmm. wanted. Like we talked mm-hmm. to 200 kids locally um, just to, you know, to really get a sense of what they were lacking in high school. So they, you know, they said, Go figure out what is needed and then design a school that fits that. Um, and so all the schools look different, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but there are some very there, there are a lot of commonalities and in, including project-based learning yeah. is a big one. Cause when you ask kids what they want out of school, yeah. pretty much the number one 
thing that all 200 kids probably said was that we don't want to just sit there. We're bored. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really true yeah. and not, you know, not in every class, not all the time, but um, when you stick kids and desks in rows facing the front, listening to the Ferris Bueller teacher at the front of the room, um, it's Bueller. not always yeah. exciting. Yeah. And so yeah. like kids, like all of us want to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where the, the project based model came in. And so just to you know be alongside these other 17 schools and to learn from what they are doing mm-hmm. um, and them to come, they all came here about a month ago and um, you know, representatives from all these mm-hmm. schools and got to see what we were doing and what our kids are doing. Um, it is, it's reassuring. You're right. Yeah. That's a good word. Has there been a point along the arc of this first year or along the arc of the application process, any point along there where you've uh, kind of heard that inner voice of doubt think, mm-hmm. uh, who, who told you, were you crazy to like take this on? And like, how did you, how did you deal with that? Cause when you're doing something unprecedented, even if you're doing it um, 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 with others and even maybe as a, as part of a cohort of others doing something unusual, there's still gotta be that, that, that moment of doubt. And how did you talk to me a little bit about the kind of like two steps forward, four steps back, then five mm-hmm. steps forward, like the, the, the kind of like the fits and starts, like how did you deal with, uh, because they, everybody says failure is a great teacher, you know, like it, the iterative process, you know, uh, empathetic design thinking, all that stuff is based on the, the idea that we have to fail to learn certain things. Mm-hmm. How do you stay uh, uh, motivated within that? And have there been moments where you've thought, I wish I'd never started <laughs> and only then to come back and be reassured? I don't think there have been any moments where I've said, I wish I'd never started because this has mm-hmm. been an incredible, unlikely journey for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for a community of people who were looking for something different in education for, sure. for their kids, um, there are moments probably most days or at least every week um, when I think, oh my gosh, what, what have we done? I mean, like, this is crazy. Like kids get into college in the old way of high school. Like maybe we should just leave well enough alone. Cause like, at least we know, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you can have success with that old, old model. Um, but then I remember that, you know, in Memphis alone, there are hundreds of other schools doing that. And so if anybody wants that, there are plenty of options for them. That's There's only point, yeah. one project-based, competency-based, and we haven't even talked about that. We don't have to get into that too deeply, but there's there's a lot of different things that we're doing at this school that are not being done in any other schools in Memphis. And so for families that are looking, for kids who are looking for something like that, mm-hmm. we're their only choice. And so whether we do it perfectly or not, and we are not, um, I feel like we owe it to them to, you know, do our best and to try and to iterate and to learn from our failures and to say, yeah, that didn't work so well, which we, you know, there were a lot of things second semester that were very different from first semester, just Mm -hmm. because we we had a chance to take Mm -hmm. a deep breath and look back and say, okay, we need to, we need to fix this. And same thing. Second year, there will be a lot of things that are different Mm -hmm. than they were first year. Um, But it, no, I've never said, I wish I hadn't. I'm tired a lot. And, um, sometimes scared about, you know, what I've gotten myself and a lot of other people into. Um, but you only get so many chances like this in life and, right, you know, so I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to have gotten this one. Life's too short yeah. to, to, yeah. Um, it, you know, being like a, a, a trailblazer and I know like the, the part of you that's like, Oh, you don't want to say super school. So thinking of yourself as a trailblazer is probably also problematic, but like, you are starting a different path. There's the well-worn path, and then there's this new path that's being created. Talk to me a bit about how you resist the urge, like because it's almost like muscle memory. We're byproducts of the old paradigm, mm-hmm. so it's it's like even without thinking, we have we have biases, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and we might return to. How, how do you stave off? This uh, not only just within yourself, but within the staff, this desire to be like, well, there's this one piece that's if if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if we just do this real fast, we can solve an immediate problem. How do you stay focused on the no, we're going to continue 
along the path of each little different variable yeah. that's set differently. So is that hard? No. Well, it's probably less hard for me than some, for some others for a very particular mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not an educator. <laughs> I guess I am now, but um, I came to this with a background in like education nonprofits. But I had never worked mm-hmm. in a school before this past year of mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. of starting Crosstown High. Um, and so, you know, Chris Terrell, who is our executive director and, you know, an experienced leader of, sure. of schools, thank God, um, says to me a lot of times, like, you know, there, there are things that I will, I, Ginger, will push back on and say, like, why do we do it this way? And, you know, in the moment, sometimes he's frustrated with me, but then he'll, he has told me on a couple of occasions, mm-hmm. like, that's your job. Your job is to be the person who has not been doing this for your entire career and who sees this maybe more as a parent sometimes than right. as a career educator and can say, why do we do it this way? Do we have to do it this way? Um, yeah. So I think I have the benefit of, you know, not having the baggage that, you know, that yeah. leads me to sometimes, you know, that would, that mm-hmm. could lead me to want to, to fall back to old habits. Now that said, I, like most Americans, also went to high school, know what, you know, I went to actually a pretty good, you know, by traditional definitions, high school, um, was fairly successful student. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I know that can work. And so there are times when I get that fear of like, oh, my gosh, we're doing this so differently. What if we really screw it up for these kids? And maybe we should just do this, this thing. And there are, I mean, like. There are things that are good about our education mm. system. It's not you know, like we would never say the whole education system is, you know, sure. junk and we should scrap it all. Like there is, there's good stuff. Um, Basic but, boilerplate but, stuff. Yeah, that's like, but sure. But there's also things that like we do need to rethink and that I, as a parent mm. now, so my son will be starting this, this fall. He will be joining Genevieve. Cool. Here at High. Um, and, and I do like find myself thinking, Oh, but he's going to have to take the ACT. So he needs, you know, just, he needs whatever, you know, test prep. And so it's, it's still there. Um, yeah. Those other pressures are there. Yeah. We, you know, we have to, we hold each other accountable for mm-hmm. continuing to rethink. Honestly, having the relationship with XQ and mm-hmm. um, the other XQ schools kind of forces us to, um, because they say they, they yeah. have said on more than one occasion, you know, this is what you said you were going to do. And it's not that they're, you know, going to pull the funding if we don't do it, but they say they're, they're awesome about saying, this is how you said you wanted to rethink. And I know this is hard and we're going to provide, you know, these people resources to help get you through this, but let's try this, you know? And so that has been incredibly helpful. Wow. Um, I've kind of got a, th- a theory and I wonder if you think this is true, you know, in my own Coliseum fairgrounds work, uh, it, I, I, I've, I've, I've reflected on the fact that like people will say, they'll talk to me about the things related to Coliseum fairgrounds and they'll say something to the effect. I have this one friend who'll say, Oh, Marvin, you care so much. And, I, and, <laughs> and certainly altruism is underpins these efforts that we, that we take on. But I'm also convinced that some of it is just, um, unfulfilled leadership capacity that are an, an itch we couldn't scratch some other way. Uh, and I almost feel like there's a part of uh, the motivation for me anyway, that I think there's a part of amongst the, the group of let's see what, let's see how far we can take yeah, this. Totally. Like, so there, there, there's a, there's an opportunism meets altruism. <laughs> have, have you found that to be true? Um, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure I thought <laughs> of it that way, but well, how would you describe it? Yeah. Just, um, cause it's fun too. If it weren't fun, you wouldn't It is fun. It's do thrilling. It. It's scary. I mean, anything that's kind of scary is so is whitewater rafting, yeah, but you know, yeah, this is definitely more my kind of adrenaline than whitewater rafting. <laughs> so maybe it's because I don't like the whitewater raft. Um, yeah, but no, I think that, I think, that's true. There's this, how far can we take this kind of, you know, and for us, it was, you know, they put out the challenge. Let's take the first step. Let's just see what happens. And then, okay, first step, 
we got through the, you know, the semifinal, you know, we got through the first phase and we made it mm-hmm. to the semifinals. We're like, okay, well, I guess we keep going. Yeah. Um, and, you know, almost four years later now, I just finished, you know, our first year of this high school, which is, you know, I, it's crazy to me, but yeah. it was not one giant leap from seeing that billboard to end of the first year of school. Mm. It was a lot of small steps. Sure. And, and each one of those small steps is not that scary. Right. So here you are, you're just a few weeks into the summer, maybe you're not even a month. We're not even a month into summer break. And, uh, and so maybe this is an unfair question, but if you had a, ch- a chance to kind of reflect and do you have a l- at least a little bit of distance on like, woo, deep breath. In fact, I think on the last day of school, I came to pick up Genevieve and I have, I happened to run into you yeah. and you were exiting the central atrium. I was literally, I think I was looking for food because we had just had, um, we brought in lunch and all the lunches yeah. got eaten. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to oh go find gosh. my lunch now. So here you're just on fumes yeah. and you're yes. leaving the central atrium. But uh, since I saw you that day, like. What have been your kind of like take home points or like, isn't it, it's got to be great to be able to look back on and say, we notched a year. It is. Um, I personally feel more like we've notched almost four years because this has been a much longer journey than just this That's one true year too. for me. And so, of course. yeah, I, I, I won't say like I cried. I mean, I've cried at various points along the year, but um but it was, I mean, like watching the kids walk out for the last time, that mm-hmm. last day of school, um, it was a little overwhelming to think, okay, yeah, we, we're really doing this. And, and like, that's the thing about school is that it's not like you're finished now. Like now we just gear up for year two and, you know, twice as many kids and twice as many staff. And um, so there's not a lot of time, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, I'm, um, you know, the thing that I'm most proud of, I think, is that most of our kids are coming back. Almost our entire staff is coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so to me, that says that, you know, even though I know things are not perfect Mm -hmm. and we have a ton of room for growth, um, that people are engaged. Kids are engaged. Adults are engaged, which if you, I mean, like you talk to a lot of teachers and they're, you know, in traditional education settings, Mm -hmm. like a lot of them are not like they're, they're, they're not happy in their, in their schools. And so I think the fact that pretty much everybody wants to come back and do it again to me is a huge success. That's awesome. Um, Back up a little bit and like, talk to me about how like doing Memphis school guide, uh, like uh, you don't have to kind of recapitulate that entire story, but just talk a little bit about like, what pro- what that project did for you mm-hmm. to address the same kind of like desire to do good in the world or to affect change. Yeah. And uh, how was that similar or different to this? And how did one lead to the other? It was actually really good preparation for this. I would mm-hmm. say it was not. So Memphis School Guide was a website that I launched um, about a year and a half, I guess, before the whole Crosstown journey mm-hmm. started. Um, but it was a, a website designed to help families in Memphis navigate all of their school options. And it Mm -hmm. came out of, you know, some work that I had been doing that had led me to see that there were a lot of options, school options in Memphis and families largely did not understand them, especially under-resourced families who didn't have great access to information, didn't understand what all their school options were for for their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, you know, kind of on my own, but with support from, um, you know, from folks, both financial and just moral, um, Mm -hmm. created this resource and, um, and launched it and, you know, got a lot of encouragement from people who said, Oh, wow, we didn't know we needed this until it was here. And so, you know, thanks. What I, what I really learned in the process of doing Memphis school Mm -hmm. guide was that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think what I was trying to do was create a website that would show parents what all the differences are among the schools so that they could pick a school that would be a good fit for their child. And what I learned is that though we had something like 360 plus schools in Shelby County yeah. serving kids in K through 12 and various, you know, configurations, mm-hmm. um, they were mostly the same. Like they may be different, differently resourced, uh, serve a different demographic of kids, be in different locations, but the teaching style um, 
was not very different. And so if you are a parent who is looking for something other than the traditional, you know, stand and deliver model of education, Mm -hmm. you were kind of out of luck. Um, And I was one of those parents and I knew a lot of those parents. Um, And so it, you know, if I hadn't been doing Memphis school guide, I definitely would not have been in a position to take this on. Um, and, you know, how I ended up doing Memphis School Guide was another kind of crazy. It You know, it's not like, uh, again, like in college when I was a business major, I thought, you know, someday I'm going to launch a website and then I'm going to, you know, respond to a challenge for to design a school. And I'm going to like none of that was sure. on my radar, sure. on my plans. Um, but I think, you know, any of us just if. if if we want to do work that's meaningful to us, sometimes we have to to take leaps of faith. And um, and a lot of times they're not leaps. They are just kind of a first step of faith and see see what happens. Um, and I think more people can do that than give themselves credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm nothing like I, I didn't have any special skill set. I had maybe a knowledge base that mm-hmm. that helped in, you know, the work I was doing with both Memphis School Guide and Crosstown High. But um, but in terms of, you know, like mm-hmm. how we took this crazy journey, like, I don't know that I was any more qualified than, than a lot of people, but, you know, I go back to, you know, what my dad said, don't shut the door in your own face. Might as well try. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I tell my students that all the time. Why is it important that we have, I mean, obviously having work with why why is it important to have work with with meaning it's kind of an obvious thing but what does it mean to you and why and is there a corollary between uh you finding fulfillment in work and then also caring about that the students have fulfillment in what their education is 100 percent. yes they're i mean it is why we try to figure out how to keep that part of this school alive, even though, you know, you've got the algebra two requirements and you've got that, but we have to continue mm-hmm. to help kids find what their passion is. Um, or their like budding passion, <laughs> like passion. And it sometimes takes mm-hmm. a while to develop, but, sure. um, yeah, because we iterate I know, throughout our life really. Yeah, totally. But I know what it is to be in a job that I really hate. Um, and that, is miserable to go to every day. And I don't want that for anybody. So, and I don't think, you know, there are a lot of people doing work that, you know, is not meaningful to them who could be doing other things. I also recognize that there are a lot of people who don't have some of the same choices and opportunities that I did. And that's another part of, you know, what we're trying to do where we haven't even talked about this, but we're a diverse by design high school Mm -hmm. that is trying to create a student body that reflects the, you know, the wonderful diversity of our community. Um, So that this is not just an opportunity, you know, it's not just the rich white kids who get a chance to find their passion. Um, Socioeconomically diverse. yeah. Yeah. That we are trying to, to make that something that is normal no matter what your background is. Right. You know, I think it's Confucius that said, if you find a job you love, you you never work another day in your life. And so, you know, and I almost feel like, you know, the, the term vocation, um, I remember when I was at CBHS and, and it was, it was very easy for a Christian brother who's taken religious vows to think about the direction of your life and making a commitment to it. So, but I remember that feeling like a, oddball idea mm-hmm. like vocation but now i mean if you look at the word vocation and think about what it means I, I almost feel like it's coming back in vogue or or at least i've embraced it personally because i think the word vocation is the key to saying why how can we find that work that we and only we can do in a way that the world needs what were we put on this planet to do because this life is finite yeah. uh did that did, did that thinking factor into your like Life's too short. I got to, I got to take a chance on this. Yes. And I also think that we're a very, at a pretty unique moment in history where, um, uh, for a lot of people, we have Mm -hmm. to make our own work that, you know, there, we have to make up a job that we have to like see something that is missing Mm -hmm. in our community or our world and say, you know, okay, this is how I'm going to bring my experience and my skill set and my interest, um, to bear on that and mm-hmm. try to make a living while doing it. Um, yeah. And I don't think that that has always been true. I mean, it always has been for maybe a small group of 
people. But um, I think that is more and more normal that kids coming out of, um, you know, high school and college today are yeah. going to have to know who they are, what they're good at, what they want to do, and then say, okay, this is how I can make a living doing that. Um, and so I think it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not just maybe coming back into vogue, but it's a necessity and, yeah. and a, a good one, I think. Sure. You know, I, I know in, in, in helping uh, rebrand uh, church health, my, my, place I worked previously, uh, you know, you do demographic research and, and you're, you're hit with this fact that like the uh, millennials, uh, you know, are, they want to have work that has, has meaning like as a cohort, they desire, you know, making a difference in the world. And I always thought to myself as a Gen Xer, um, I always nice. want that, you know, and it's like, you know, uh, I, I remember and my, my, my dad was definitely of that generation where uh, it was like, I remember him saying, he's like, well, you know, son, they call it work for a reason. You're not supposed to like it. But I like I, ne- I never uh, it as much as I, I, I love my dad and like that philosophy served him well yeah. for a nice career for with FedEx and, you know, provided yeah. well for us Stockwell kids. Um I knew that wasn't right for me. And it's like, I didn't, ha- it was like, I'm not a millennial, but like when I heard that about the millennial cohort, I thought to myself, I share that in common with them. And maybe that's increasingly the way that what the world, uh, what, what modern people yeah. desire is, is work with, with, with meaning. Uh, and because at the end of the day, spending eight hours a day somewhere is really tedious. And it's like, if you're not doing something you love, yeah. I mean, how do we, so it's interesting how that affects education. Um, and clearly, and you know, as, as I think about what you shared with us about, about Crosstown High, I, I would feel like we're taking an earnest, honest swing at designing the high school. I say we, like I'm helping y'all you tool are. it out. Hey, you're I, giving a, us your daughter I, to, to as a parent. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, I definitely, I say we so naturally because I, I'm my hands yeah. on the pile. I'm for the cause, right? Um, Kind of wave a magic wand for uh, and and imagine that Crosstown High is wildly successful. And beyond that, since it's a magic wand, uh, let's say that this entire cohort of, of XQ schools is 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 very successful. And it's 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 fifty years in the future. And like, how has education changed? What what have we let go to embrace what's new? What finally gave way and what's some of the old piece that needs to go? What's left and where are we? I think, I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing about this reinventing is that if yeah. I thought I could say what's, what's going to, you know, it should look like 50 years if we were successful, like that, that's crazy. Cause if that's we're successful, yeah. <laughs> no, if we're successful, it will look so very different than it does now yeah. at most schools. And cause that's the reality is that like most schools today, you know, with the exception of technology, look a whole lot, a whole lot like schools did a hundred plus years yeah. ago. And yeah. so if we, if 50 or a hundred years from now, they still look like that, then, oh my gosh, that's, that's boy, we really failed very. Yeah. That's a lot of failure. Um, it but, won't come to but that. But they should look very different. And, you know, I think that's our hope mm-hmm. is that that this is not just, you know, I feel like if we are just successful, we will have failed. If we have mm-hmm. not, you know, if if those 18 XQ schools are just successful, we will have failed yeah. because um, it's it has to be accessible mm-hmm. it, it, to, to all kids. Um, yeah. And so I think we have to share what we learn and share our resources and mm-hmm. um you know and that's that's hard and there's a lot that that goes into that but i think that's what success will look like mm-hmm. is that um every kid gets a chance to figure out who they are what they're good at what they love and mm-hmm. then um are equipped with the skills to turn that into a vocation that they yeah. love that will be success right um so now this has turned into your job but but think back about when this was just your crazy project mm-hmm. right now and maybe think about some of your, uh, uh, your group of parents that were contributing to the process and all we're having all these dotocracy exercises we're drawing things on slips of paper and all this stuff right what is it about like what capacity is there for a group of of, of human beings to kind of like materialize out of the ether and then somehow find their way 
uh, clear to work within the margins of their lives because because they, yeah. they can't stop no their idea. they can't pause their yeah. life. You know, like I didn't pause my right. job at Church Health to take on things related to the Coliseum and Fairgrounds. I just found my spare time when you don't even think you have any spare yeah. time. What is it? What does it say about a group of human beings? Like, what is that untapped capacity? Like, where does that come from? I think it's just something that they care about a lot and that something um, I think this particular cause was unique in that it, you know, tapped into people's um, hopes and dreams for a lot of their kids um, yeah. or our community's kids. And so yeah. that a lot of us will do a lot for our kids. That's um, true. So that, that That's was a great motivator. That was, yeah, I think, you know. I always say, like, I have a hard time asking people for money. Like, I could never be a fundraiser because I can't ask mm-hmm. people for money. But I will ask you for your time all all day long. Yeah. Um, knowing yeah. that, you know, like, if you really want to do it, you're going to find a way to make it happen. And I think that the, the group that came, around, came alongside um, me to walk through this XQ Super School Challenge um, mm-hmm. and create this ultimately successful application um, – were people who just who really cared about seeing something different and um, better for their kids and our community's kids. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, we find yeah. We find hidden pockets of time and energy when when there's something big at stake. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about dealing with uh, adversity. Like, um, how do you kind of dig down deep, so to speak, when you've been like? You know, two steps forward, four steps mm-hmm. back, five steps forward, once, and you know, it, it's it's fits and starts. So, how does uh, not outright failure, but how how do setbacks teach us? Um, this has actually been a huge area of personal growth for me over the process of this particular project. Um, mm-hmm. I would say I went into it not a person who dealt very well with failure. Um, who took it very personally and hard and, um, yeah, just really internalized that as my own personal failure. Um, Mm. and I've had to do, you know, some, some work on that with, yeah, I mean, with a counselor and with friends and, you know, to get to the point where, because when you do something like this, there are a lot of setbacks. Um, and if you continue to take every one of those personally and hard, like it, you'll you'll Mm self-destruct. Um, and so, you know, through this and through just other challenges that have been in my life over the past few years, Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, through practicing mindfulness and self-forgiveness and, Mm -hmm. um, just dissociating myself to some extent with like, I am not crosstown high. I, if, you know, like I, if we have a setback, that is, that is not, me. That is not my identity. Um, and I am personally in a much better and healthier mm. place with that. Because, and I've, you know, gotten a lot of opportunity to exercise that over the past few years because right. there have been a lot of hard things and, and yeah, you know, two steps forward and a, three steps back. Yeah. Whatever that is. Um, so yeah, I think, but I think that we, we have to be, um, gentle with ourselves. Yeah, and that's and that's tough to do because mm-hmm. we feel like we're especially as parents, like we're supposed to have all the answers, but like, it, but, on your it, own but we don't really, we, we we don't really, and 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 I, as as a parent, like sometimes when my kids come to me and ask a question and I don't know, I'd be like, you know, I don't know about that, or there's schools of thought about that. I don't try to come across as 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 a as an authority that knows everything because I think we can't, right? In, in my own uh, professional life, I, I, uh, I worked with a, a career coach uh, and she was great to work with and she gave me a better lens on myself. Now, you mentioned uh, uh, working with a counselor. Uh, I, I've, I've seen a counselor. I've seen a counselor in a couple of different realms in my life. And having that sounding board mm-hmm. is so helpful because we sometimes can't be objective about ourselves. Talk to me a bit about what for you has been the uh, what asking for help, learning to ask for help? How how is that, how does that yeah. manifest itself, and what's the value? Well, there? so this whole thing, the very first step after I saw that billboard mm-hmm. was to send out an email and ask for help, knowing that I could not do this 
by myself. Yeah. Um, and I mean, cause one, it required a team that, you know, the application required a team. So I literally couldn't do it, but I couldn't have done it just because it required a lot of skill sets that, that work I could not do by myself. Um, but I think also the, you know, just surviving our days and our weeks, um, in doing, you know, meaningful, but challenging and exhausting work means asking for help me and I mean from our kids my goodness like you know sometimes the kids yeah. have to do the dishes because I'm too tired to do the dishes um yeah. and I think we just we have to normalize that and because if we don't then our kids get the message that you have to do it all yourself and like yeah. that's not healthy for anyone so yeah I no. do think um asking for help is a super important part of um undertaking any kind of yeah. Uh, what do we, what do we call it? Lost cause. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, Hopefully no. Hopefully it's oh, not a lost gosh. cause. But. No, it's, well, it's not lost because we found right, it, I guess right. is, is my way right. of looking at it. Uh, and some of these lost causes are causes or, or things that somebody ought to do that others have overlooked, uh, or maybe it just didn't occur to them, but for whatever reason, we're the group that said that it's not just decided we couldn't help ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's so tantalizing. So was there an aspect like that for you? Like you saw that billboard and you were like, Oh my gosh, like that's like, I should do that. And you probably, probably sound like you need a project, like a hole in the head or like, right. well, how did you get from that leap of that, that original, like, oh, I'm going to send this email and I hope. I don't, the best. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it was, it didn't seem like a big deal. It was just an email. And then it was just a meeting and then it was just a second meeting. And then, you know, so like, yeah, none of it felt overwhelming. It was just, it was step by step, take the next step and see what happens. Yeah. No, my own entry into work on the Coliseum, which I can probably define later on in some kind of text that'll live on a website, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a dormant uh, venue, 11,200 seat venue. And my first entry point into this was to think, my buddy, Mike McCarthy, really has the fire in the gut about the Coliseum. I'm a PR guy. I'll, I'll, I'll get with the, the local paper and get him an op-ed in the paper. And now I will have done my good deed and I'll move on with my life. That was my first step that I didn't even realize was a step into a movement. Mm-hmm. And then I blinked and I was the spokesman for a movement. Mm-hmm. Which and, and the work was, was exciting. But it's almost like we take one step that doesn't even feel like a step toward a pro- like so we don't even realize we're boarding a plane and all of a sudden we're in the air. Right. Was that your experience that where you just like Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna it's a trial balloon. We'll pitch this email out there, see if it sticks. Kind of, I guess still is a trial balloon. I mean, we're one year into a brand new school, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, absolutely. Like Yeah. It, and I think that that's, you know, some what I would hope other people would take away from, you know, from my journey is that just again, I've said that several times now. Just just try. You know, you know, it may or may not be successful. This may be the thing or not. Um this still may be the thing or not for me, but yeah. um but don't shut the door in your own face. You know, um, people say uh, that uh, what, what I want to like uh, uh, dispel is this notion that um, like some people, some people might be listening to this and, and think to themselves, well, you know, well, okay. Ginger Speckler can go do this, but like that's a, that's a, she's a, a special breed of person that can do these amazing things and pull together these groups of of people and and maybe Marvin pulled together a, a movement that's working on things about the Coliseum and the fairgrounds. But like, what would be your advice to people who you'd say they might have an inkling that they want to pick up a project, but, but they think that they're not somehow not, not qualified. Right. Oh, that's, that's a good one. And I talked to students about this too, mm-hmm. is that um, if you think if, if you have an idea that, you might be good at something, you're probably better at it than you think you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times I think that we tell ourselves that everybody is good at the things that we're good at. Um, And a lot Mm -hmm. of times that's not true that like we, we have to give ourselves credit for um, having some, some gifts in some certain areas and that we have to like, we, we owe it to the world to lean into those gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think just, giving yourself the, the, the pep talk to say, no, not everybody can do this and I can, and I can do it right now. And 
if I don't, who will? Yeah. So, I mean, again, might as well try. And then have the courage to enter the fray. Yeah. That's right. Well, Ginger, gosh, I really appreciate you like sharing so much with us about Crosstown High and like your own experiences of, of how you got there. Is there anything that I maybe didn't think to ask a, about this, about the concepts of what causes these people to come together or about Crosstown High itself? I don't think so. I mean, no. I, I, you know, to me, this journey has been a gift of seeing what can happen when when you open a door and when you invite some other people to come through the door with you. Um, and there's no guarantee of success. We still have certainly, and I feel like we had a good year, but we have no guarantee of, of long-term success. Yeah. But I think that um, just the fact that so many people have wanted to come along on the journey to me feels like at least a, an early success. It's exciting, yeah. and as as a person who's as a parent who's boarded the the the, the, the plane, the Crosstown High plane, uh, it's an exciting journey to be on from my perspective, anyway. And I, I couldn't thank you enough for giving my daughter some awesome place to go to high school. Well, I'm very <laughs> glad that you answered that first email. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ginger. I appreciate your time. Thanks. Well, it was great to be here. Thanks for listening. Champions of the Lost Causes podcast is a production of the OAM Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and at theoamnetwork.com. I'm your host, Marvin Stockwell, produced by Gil Worth. Logo and design by the OAM Network. Content and social media coaching by Emily Austin. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm on Twitter at at Marvin Stockwell. Keep up with the latest at championsofthelostcauses.org. Thank you.